Hey guys, and welcome to Wrapped Up, a podcast where me and you get transported into the world of twists and turns, deep dive research, first-hand accounts, and personal stories, inspired by whatever topic I rabbit hole down this week at 2am. If your curiosity keeps you up at night, but you don't have the time or resources to uncover your most asked questions, you're in the right place. I do all the research, interviewing, exploring, and note-taking for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get to the weekly wrapped up. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 8 of Wrapped Up. Today's episode is titled, Life Before the Slice. What do I mean by slice? I mean the slice of bread. We're going to be talking about what, well, life was like before we decided to sell pre-sliced bread. This seems random, but trust me, bread is actually a pretty integral, integral, I can never say that word correctly, part of uh, human existence. And especially here in America, the American dream, the American identity, our values and our beliefs, bread is definitely at the center of it all. And definitely the sliced form, but what about life before the slice? You know, we always talk about, you know, it's the best thing since sliced bread, but what was the best thing before? What was bread like before that time? Yes, that is what we're going to be talking about today, and that is why our topic question is what was bread, how was it eaten, and was it as iconic before it was sold sliced? Now, although we are going to be talking about the history Um, before the bread was sold, sliced. We will cover a little bit, um, just a little bit though, because it's not the main topic, but we will be covering a little bit of how the the slice came about, because you, you can't talk about, you know, the cause without talking about the effect. You can't talk about how it started without talking about how it ended. So don't worry, we'll get to that aspect, but mainly the aspect is the, the main point here is going to be life before the slice. So without any more nonsense, you know, let's just get right on into Discovery One. Discovery One is that bread evolved with us. You see, bread has been an important part of the human diet for at least 30,000 years. It's rich in carbohydrates, which is the body's main source of energy, It also became easily accessible and was made with pretty simple ingredients. One of the ingredients, flour, also has its roots from, you know, 30,000 years ago in the Upper Paleolithic era of Europe. So it's fair to say that the idea of bread, no matter how crude it would seem to us now, did form about 30,000 years ago, which is quite a long time. Maybe they didn't have bread as we know it today, but something that they did have that was bread-like was gruel, and that was eaten by prehistoric humans and was made up of water and grain. Not too far off. Um, Definitely not as tasty, but, you know, they were doing their best, okay? Like I said, prehistoric humans, get with the program. No one knows when bread was actually first created, whether it was something of an accident or a product of experimentation. We just know that you know, we started eating it 30,000 years ago. That's really all we know. We don't know the origins of when it came about, but we do know what happened after it came about. Hunting and gathering were more prominent in prehistory, and our diet was mainly based on animal protein and fat. We were also very nomadic, and we didn't tend to settle in one place for very long. 
but bread helped humans transition from nomads to more neighborly and community-based people. I don't know. And this is because the grains in the cereals that we needed to create bread only really grew in so certain like local regions, I guess. I don't know. I'm not very good at agriculture or geography. Yet here we are. Anyways, essentially bread forced them to settle down and focus on doing more agricultural labor. The first like real complex technique that was used in the making of bread came much later in ancient times, which is interesting because ancient times, which you could say was like, uh, I don't know, like 500 BCE to like the 15th, no, I guess the 15th century would be Renaissance. Anyways, very long time ago, but it would be around the same kind of era that a lot of technological advances, no matter how archaic they may seem now, they were very important back then. And bread was alongside that with complex techniques that came in ancient times. So that's really interesting. People began to create sourdough starters, which helped bread retain flavor and last longer. So they were coming up with more innovative ways to not only cook it, but to also store bread. In fact, according to breadhistory.com, yes, that's a real website. No, I did not make that up. Anyways, according to breadhistory.com, quote, Gals and Iberians used the foam skimmed from beer for a starter, while peoples that drank wine and had no beer used paste composed of grape must much for that same purpose. Whew, that was a it was a lot of words that I actually didn't know how to pronounce. Gauls and Iberian. I don't know if I'm saying any of that right. Let's hope so. Let's hope I didn't just offend anybody who actually knows anything about this this time period. Anyways, so people were obviously getting creative and bread was one of the reasons that people started getting creative. They were like, I want to know how to make this faster. I want to know how to make it last longer. I want to know how to make more and make it more flavorful. People really cared about it. And then later, some of the first modern ovens appeared in ancient Greece. Different breads emerged um, due to these ovens, and the ovens also allowed for the baking of cakes and pastries. Europeans, um, around the same time, used stale bread as plates, or what they called trenchers. And, yeah, they actually- so, let me explain this a little bit, because it's probably hard to, to visualize. Imagine you open a bag of bread, I don't know and all of it is stale. Then imagine you lined it all up next to each other, and then, you know what, this visual is not working, not even my head. Okay, imagine a wooden plate, but it's not wood, it's bread. That's essentially what it, it looked like. Um, interestingly enough, wooden plates didn't come to like, I don't, I think the 19, no, they, the wooden plates didn't come to the 15th century. So until then, I guess they were like, oh, stale bread, it's a plate. But they actually didn't just use the stale bread as plates. This, this is kind of sad. After the meals, the plates were given to the poor or the dogs. Yeah, um, terrible. But it's what they did. So, you know, we have the ancient Greeks baking cakes, the Europeans treating the poor people and the dogs the same while also eating their fancy steak off of stale bread plates. 
very interesting time, a lot of different things happening, and I'm not sure how to feel about it. But either way, that is Discovery 1. The fact that as humans kind of evolved in their thinking, as the technology evolved, as our evolved as our civil I, I can't speak guys I am filming film guys oh my I literally can't I am recording this at like 10 p.m okay I'm tired but you do what you gotta do for the pod okay anyways bread I can't bread evolved with society that's what that's what I'm trying to say about this discovery and as ridiculous as that sounds, it's like, bread was not a catalyst of society. The renaissance was, and war, and yet, no, bread. Bread, okay, it was bread. Bread, bread, bread. Bread, bread. Fun fact about bread, just uh, throwing this in here. Panera, uh, you know, the, the restaurant, Panera Bread. Panera means bread, so it's just bread, bread. You're welcome for that. Every time you go, hey, let's go to Panera Bread. Nope, you're just saying bread twice. Don't be fooled. Anyways, that is the end of uh, Discovery 1, and hopefully I can pull myself together for Discovery 2. So, what is Discovery 2? Well, Discovery 2 is that not only did bread evolve with humanity as a whole, but bread helped shape the American dream, the American value, and evolved as, well, Americans evolved. So Discovery 1 was more a bigger picture, and this is more of a, a small picture um, in the terms of society and bread. Sounds so dumb, but I can't believe it's true. Well, what do I mean by this? Let's go, let's just uh, discuss some of these examples, and you may have to kind of take a minute to get with me on it, but I think you'll start to see a pattern. Fact number one, before the 20th century, white bread was exclusively for the rich and dark bread was for the poor. Okay, let that, hold on to that. Put a pin in it. We're going to come back. Few people baked their own bread in the 20th century, but almost all people who ate bread had to bake it themselves before the 20th century. Because before sliced bread happened, bread was either, you, you get it two ways, you bake it at home by yourself, or you bought it in a loaf, and then people had to actually, you know, cut their own bread. I know, novel concept, but it's what people used to do. So that was, you know, pre-20th century. During the 20th century, it flipped, like everything completely got turned over. White bread was now seen as a poor man's food, where darker breads were used for, you know, kind of like a status thing. Kind of like now, that really hasn't changed. Like white bread is seen as the less healthier option and therefore made for poor people. And then stuff like wheat bread or barley or rye is more exclusive and healthier. And so it's typically attributed to nicer situations or um, fancier meals, so to speak. But why is this? Why did all of this flip? Why is it opposite day all of a sudden? We, before the 20th century, you know, white bread for the rich, dark bread for the poor, and now it's completely opposite. People baked their own bread or bought it, and now nobody bakes their own bread. You know, why, 
why are we seeing such a dramatic shift? Well, it makes sense when you look at what was going on during the time. Celebrities were getting more media, media exposure, more magazines were happening, um, more of an enlightened kind of period came along, diet culture was really starting to take hold. All of these things were happening in society that really kind of turned our focuses to our appearances. And um, people attach how they look with what they do physically, like, you know, how they exercise, and what they're putting into their bodies, what they eat, and what they drink. And obviously, bread at this point was a staple food, so it was a part of the central conversation. It's kind of the same today. You know, everyone always harps about how bad carbs are, despite them being the main source of energy for the body, and you need carbs. Anyways, I'm not here to bash anyone's dietary choices, but go eat bread. It won't kill you. Anyways, that is the reason you saw this shift is because there was such a shift towards um, dieting and being healthier and living a longer life because, you know, the American dream can take time. All of the, I don't really have a, the time to go into how intricate the whole thing was. That is another episode of this podcast. I could probably make several episodes about the 20th century and all the garbage that went on during that time, but we're just we're, we're going to stick to bread. So how did all of that affect bread? Well, like I said, we wanted things to be healthier. So at the end and during the 20th century, darker bread was seen as healthier because it had more grains, it looked less processed, more refined. So darker bread, such as wheat, barley, and rye, became associated with the middle upper class, whereas white bread was for the lower class, people who were low income, the homeless, things like that. It also became cheaper, and because it was cheaper, obviously, it was, it was attributed to poorer communities, whereas darker bread got more expensive and, in effect, was associated with people of higher incomes. It also extended beyond the type of bread, because at the end of the day, though they cared about what type of bread um, they were eating and putting into their bodies, they cared about who made the bread. People didn't want to make their own bread, not necessarily because they were lazy, but as we've established, they were concerned with the purity of their food more than ever before. And according to um, SmithsonianMag.com, quote, hand kneading was suddenly seen as a possible source of contamination and yeast, those mystical microscopic organisms that causes dough to rise, were viewed as suspicious, end quote. So kind of the process surrounding bread, you know, you know, it is very hands-on. You have the dough that you have to knead and rest, and it's, it's a very hands-on process. And people didn't trust themselves, I guess, and thought that was dirty, um, maybe lower, lowly work or work that they were not qualified to do. So they felt that if they made bread themselves, it would be unsafe. They were also kind of skeptical of the ingredients that were going into it. I think it was just they didn't want to have to think about it, so they had the, the bakeries do it. So that's kind of why people stopped baking their own bread and shifted towards buying them commercially or from local shops. But even though people were deciding to make quote-unquote healthier options and to not bake at home and buy bread from stores and commercially and buy them from, you know, local sellers and things like that, people still had to take the bread home, um, cut it, and eat it pretty quickly before it went stale. So 
eventually, as the 20th century continued and Americans kind of got wrapped up into the uh, modern day ideal of America, which is convenience. Essentially, essentially can be wrapped up into convenience and materialism and things like that. And cutting bread simply took too much time. Okay, it it was it was way too long of a you gotta get the knife out of the cupboard, then you gotta slice it, then you gotta store it. It, it was just too much. It was too much work. They needed something that was faster, more time efficient, something that was easier and more convenient. But what was the answer to that? I mean, it's not like you can just buy it sliced. I mean, that would be preposterous. Or would it? And that brings us to Discovery 3. Discovery 3 is that the invention of the uh, bread slicer, so to speak. I don't really know what else to call it. I'm calling it bread slicer. Leave me alone. Anyways, Discovery 3 is that the bread slicer essentially solidified bread's meaning in the world and bread's meaning within America and America's culture and human culture, essentially. Basically, the machine and the invention itself was a symbol of how much bread has really affected society. And the invention took place at a time that was also a turning point in not just American history, but world history. So with that completely unnecessary buildup, let's kind of talk about how the first machine to slice entire loaves came to be. Of course, we can't talk about the invention without talking about the inventor. His name was Otto Friedrich Rowetter of Davenport, Iowa. He was the one who invented the first machine to slice entire bread loaves in one time. He first planned it, he got all the blueprints out, had a prototype, he did all of that mess in 1912. Unfortunately, it was all destroyed in a factory fire, just all up in a blaze, and 16 years later, he finally got to the point that he was in 1912, finalized his invention, and released it July 7th, 1928. July 7th also happens to be his birthday, so technically Odo and Slice Bread were born on the same day. I'm just saying. Anyways, his invention did not come without problems. The Chillicoff Binky Company of Chillicoff, Missouri, don't know if I said it right, but we're just going to move right along. That baking company of that part of Missouri was the first bakery to commercially use the machine. And essentially, it was met with some success, but not a lot of success. I'm pretty sure the machine only lasted in that company for about six years before it deteriorated. But to rewind, once they started using it, and they were like, oh my god, this is so great, we can slice bread and sell it sliced. They ran into another problem, which is that bread staled faster when it was sliced due to air exposure, and it deterred the rest of the bakers from buying the new machine. They saw the faults that the first pinky company who bought it were having with the product, and were like, mm, I don't know, you need to fix that, sis, before I go and buy it, okay? Get your life together, and I'll be back tomorrow. 
Thankfully, a man named... Oh, God, what is with these names? What? Why can't you just pick a normal name like Tom? Anyways. A man named Gustav Papendick. Guys, I'm really... I, I really feel like these are just storybook characters. Like, Chillicoth Banking Company of Chillicoth, Missouri. Then in came Gustav Papendick. Like, what is this? What are these names? What are these places? What are these companies? Ugh. Okay, anyways, that dude, Gustav, he bought the second one, and he tried to solve this bread-stalling staling issue um, by wrapping the bread... Oh my god. He, ugh, This idea is as stupid as his last name. He wrapped the bread in rubber bands and tried to put metal pens in the bread to keep it together to make sure that the exposed portions of the bread um, did not stale. Obviously, guys, this did not work. The bands just crushed the bread and the metal pen simply fell out. Also, even if the metal pen idea did work, are you telling me that after I bought the sliced bread, I'd have to remove metal from it? I think that's counterproductive to, to the idea of safe, pure, and uh, clean food, my man. That was a dumb idea. Finally, some bozo realized that they could just wrap bread in wax paper, and once they figured that out, that novel idea, Wonder Bread was the first company to sell sliced bread commercially. Commercially? Commercially? Tomato, tomato. It's fine. We're just going to move right along because it's getting late. I don't want to re-record it. Commercially, commercially, same word, guys, same word, okay? We're not going to correct my grammar when we have people who are actually named Gustav Papendick, all right? We're not, so we're just going to move right along. And what happened when we sliced the bread, okay? What happened? Why was that such a significant thing? Well, I guess bread became easier. Like, literally, it became easier. Like, that's what people thought. They were like, oh my god, this is so easy. It's so much faster than having to laboriously cut my own bread. Oh god. Anyways, because it was, quote-unquote, easier, I say that term loosely, people were eating more of it because they didn't have to go through the process of picking up a knife and just freaking cutting it. Okay. Essentially, because it was more convenient, people ate more of it. And this became a problem, especially when war came around. You see, when, <laughs> when the war came, they were like, hey, you guys are eating a lot of bread, and our soldiers kind of need this, so we're going to ration it. People were not happy. In fact, people went insane. Well, let's just reference Time's 1943 article or magazine that really explains it all. And this is kind of a long quote, but bear with me, guys, because it is 100% worth it. Quote, U.S. housewives vainly searched for grandmother's serrated bread knife, routed sleepy husbands out of bed, held dawn conferences over bakery handouts, which read like a golf lesson. Keep your head down, keep your eye on the loaf, and don't bear down. Then came grief, cussing, lopsided slices, which even the toaster refused. Often a mad dash to the corner bakery for rolls. End quote. So yeah, pretty certifiable. Pretty insane. 
pretty garbage. Um, I'm not, I'm not even actually kidding. This is an actual headline from after the ban on bread, or at least the rationing on bread was lifted. The headline was, quote, sliced bread put back on the shelf. Housewife's thumbs safe again, end quote. Actual headline, guys, actual headline. New York Times in the 1940s was quite the hoot. So, after all the rationing ended and all of that insanity kind of calmed down, we really started to see the effects of the sliced bread. You see, guys, I really wish I was somehow making this up, but this statistic is pretty insane. After sliced bread was being sold commercially at bakeries, bakeries saw a 2,000% increase in sales. 2 thousand percent that is ridiculous and it wasn't just because of the convenience mass-produced bread looked safer because it was regulated manufactured and standardized but hold up wait a minute wait people were concerned right about the purity of the bread and they decided nope let's not go to an unprocessed local bakery to get the purest of the purest bread. That would be stupid, Carol. No, no. Let's buy it from that huge, smoggy factory ran by millionaires without a conscience where the bread is made from chemicals, goop, and added sugar. We're geniuses, Carol. No, you're not. No, no. You're certifiably insane. Certifiably. They said, hmm. Like, clearly they've never seen an episode of how it's made. Clearly. But it was what was going on at that time. Anything that was mass-produced or kind of standardized and solidified in American society became super, super popular. People loved it. People thought it was the best of the best because back then people kind of, kind of, no, kind of, still trusted these big corporations. Now we're all skeptical. Now we're kind of back on that movement of, you know, making things from home and not buying commercially sold food. But back then it was like commercially sold food. Talk about the healthiest thing on the planet. Like I said, they've never seen an episode of how it's made. So all in all, Discovery 3 really shows us that even though bread had completely evolved and definitely turned into more of a phenomenon and more of an icon of American pantries and global food in general, um, it definitely was just as important as it was before it was sliced. Because, I mean, you can't argue at this point that bread was not one of the centerpieces of change in our society. I mean, we had, guys, the quote says enough. You don't believe me? Go back a few minutes or however long it was. Uh, go back a few tangents. I think that's a better way to uh, measure the length of this podcast. Just go back a few tangents and really listen to that quote again about the housewives. Really let it sink in. Really let that sink in. Okay. Okay. You, you've done that. You can, you can, you can do it. You can, you can go back and listen to it again if you don't get my point. But the point is 
that no matter whether it was sliced, unsliced, whether it was made with, you know, processed chemicals or made holistically and naturally, whether it even looked like bread or whether it was more gruely with just water and grain, bread has always been an icon in human society. So it's just really kind of interesting to see how it's evolved and what it became and what it's becoming. And I'm curious to see what happens next with bread, which I can't believe is the sentence I am saying. And with that, that's the end of Discovery 3. to the end of episode eight life before the slice and i think we can confidently answer our topic question what was bread iconic how was it eaten iconically in a variety of ways sure but every single one of them iconic and was it as iconic before it was sold sliced i would argue it's been iconic since day one like bread just popped up on this earth and was like hey guys listen you can have your dictators and your presidents and your kings and your queens and your student body council presidents and blah 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 but I will always be on top and all the humans were like yep I completely agree no arguing there 100 million percent so with the topic question answered that's really all I have to say so we saw where bread has been we know where it is now and it only leaves me wondering where bread is going to take us CJ, your podcast host this week, and tune in next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. to get wrapped up in another super interesting combo. Follow this podcast to get the latest updates and share this episode to spread the answer for what was bread, how was it eaten, and was it as iconic before it was sold sliced? Bye!